Welcome back to the For Film Say Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Rashid, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about... Not Jungle until, Fever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, the, how you guys doing? How you doing, man? How you doing? How, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. With that Joey uh, Tribbiani. <laughs> how you doing? I'm feeling fucking great. Nice. I, uh, I'm in a great mood. Okay. I'm tired of shit. All right. Because um, I just got back from Arizona yesterday. I got to hear about all that. Um... It, it, okay, so it went fucking great. I yeah. went to do some promotional material mm-hmm. for two martial arts dojos nice. and uh, three doctor's offices Yeah, um, under a marketing company. Okay. So we went there, and it's, first of all, it's fucking great. All right. um, the flight's not that far, which okay. I appreciate, like four-hour flight. Four hours from Charlotte to... Well, we did Charlotte, Chicago, then Phoenix. Oh, okay. Did y'all fly uh, to, um, to Midway or O'Hare? Uh, we did Midway. Midway. Oh, that's yeah, a nice yeah, airport. Oh, yeah. Um, super nice. It mm-hmm. was like a, like a nice little trip. I slept all the way through it nice. because I have the notorious problem of yeah. not being able to sleep the yeah. night before I get into a plane. Oh, the night before. Okay. Yeah. So like like planes, I can if I'm tired enough, I'll fucking fall asleep on them all the time nice. if I'm comfortable enough. Okay. But the night before, I cannot sleep. The anxiety on the fucking plane, mm. and it's not even the anxiety of mm. flying because mm. flying itself is super safe, safer than a fucking car. It is very much. What gets me is the anxiety of having to deal with everyone else that's flying in the same plane with me. Mm. And it just fucking wires me up. Can't fucking sleep. Yeah. Um, so I slept through the entire flight. Okay, nice. Because um, I was just tired of shit. Yeah. We landed there on Tuesday. Mm. Immediately went to eat. Immediately started working. Yeah. Um, fucking Arizona is so dry and mm. deserty. And like, there's just so much space yeah. between everything. Mm. Like, there's nothing that really, like, if two things are touching each other in Arizona, yeah. then it's a bad day for everything. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. it's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's just, like, you, to walk anywhere, really, you're looking at a 10-minute walk oh, from, man. like, something close by. Yeah. Like, we were at the doctor's offices that we were, the complex, yeah. had a Starbucks okay. across the street. Yeah. Now, when you say across the street, Cross street. I reckon it's going like it's like going from the Bank of America and Uptown. You literally cross a street, a cross walkway, street. Mm-hmm. and it's you cross a fucking street. Yeah. No, not in fucking Arizona. Mm-hmm. You have to like walk like fucking three minutes down the road, mm-hmm. then fucking flying a crossway so you don't get killed because <laughs> yeah. Arizona drivers don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have to cross like a three lane fucking road huh. to get anywhere. Okay. And then it takes you like 15 minutes to get to fucking Starbucks and then you got to walk back. So. Mm-hmm. Arizona, it, it looks great. It's like this very dry, yeah. colored, sort of sandy place. Yeah. Um, but I would not live there in a fucking... It's just too much space. That's what it looked like, the but, pictures. Yeah, the pictures, like, I've, the only place I've ever seen that even closely resembled that was Nevada. But it's just like, I've never seen that dry desert Arizona. What was, well, I mean, what, what was the temperature like? Were you in, like, 60, 70s, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and we're, like, in the dead of winter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but 60, it never went below 50 at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah, it's like yeah, AC it weather. Yep, now. that's good weather. Yeah. But fucking 110 degrees summer. Nope, not me. No lord. Fuck Mm-mm. that. Not even a little bit. No. Nope, can't do it. Not even. <laughs> not even jokingly. No. Like no. if someone even jokingly sets up, hey, let's go to Arizona for a summer trip. Yeah. I'd just be like, get the fuck no, out I'm of good. my house. No, I'm good. Uh, but, <laughs> no. but it went fucking great. It was yeah. like a super nice trip. It was, I was nice. there for five days. Yeah. Time went by super quick. Okay. Did the work, did the shoot. The shoots went great. Nice. And, uh, just it's more real material, yeah. Really, than yeah. what I do, and uh, it was fucking awesome. Had a great time. Nice. Flew back on Sunday and then went to go see Annie. Yeah. And then watched. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called You. You know uh, about it? Um, do I know about oh, it? You, I was about to have a it? whole thing in the ketchup about you. That's the first <laughs> thing I got, buddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Fuck Sh- yeah. Sure do. So I watched the first episode of that. I'll binge that whole bitch. Yeah, yeah really. You know, you know <laughs> what I do. Bitch. You know how I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I quite like it. Yeah. I quite like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm getting more used to like watching television now. Like yeah. I'm really bad with television, as you historically know. Yeah. Uh, but that show was like nice. Yes, it they, is. They do one thing that annoys the piss out of me. Though. What's that? It's and, and and Netflix has been doing this in a couple of their originals. It's like oh, where they me. they blur. Mm. The edges of the shot okay, for yeah. no apparent reason. Yeah, they, they 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 think it makes it more cinematic and artsy, but no, it doesn't. No, no, no it just annoys no, 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 yeah, the shit out of me. Yeah, and I was like watching it with Annie, and just I'm like, why the fuck are they? Yeah, why the fuck are they blurring that? Like, yeah. just let it happen. Just let it happen. And yeah. like, I I like I was I was with it. I've had a theory. So, oh, maybe they're blurring these two characters. Mm. Uh, shots to separate them from the world because they're disconnected, lonely people. That wasn't there. They wasn't even going for that. That, that wasn't even. Yeah, that wasn't no. going for that. And then no. she told me it's like no, they do that in Sabrina the Teenage Witch too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, well, I guess I just go fuck myself. <laughs> yep. Because um, clearly yep. they haven't thought about it that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, but yeah, I, I got some things to say about that show. Yeah. Now, like I said, I, I binged this thing from the beginning to the end, 10, 10 episodes, and I believe it's like almost forty-five minutes, fifty minutes per episode. Yeah, it's like forty-four per episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're they're a pretty decent amount of time. Now, the first episode, I was I was kind of intrigued. I'm like, is this a reliable na- narrator or unreliable narrator? That's you what know? I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got Joe, and um, in the first episode, to not give anything, I'm not going to give anything away past the first episode. But you know, the um, the main uh, woman in the, that he's trying Beck. to get with, Beck, yo, yeah, Beck. Um, he's trying to get with Beck, and she's already dealing with a boyfriend slash person that she's really enjoying. Yep. You know, and um, at one point we don't know. Well, she's not enjoying him. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. She's not. But she, she's with. She that she's kind of with. And um, at one point we it's like we don't know. And a lot how we talk about on the show a lot how we want there to be a beginning. Like what happened? What was this character before this show or movie? And where are they afterwards? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. Like where was Joe before this? show started because because at one point he was like um he's not a killer you've never killed anyone before yada yada and i'm like what the fuck so is this is he an unreliable narrator and we'll find out that he's killed a lot of people before even though he said that he hasn't or he's not a killer you know so after the first episode i got into it and i found out which one it was and i really enjoyed it until i got to about episode seven or eight no really and i finished i finished it but here is my my conclusion to this and I mean, <laughs> it's a good show, yeah. and I will watch a season two. But it makes me think about someone who, like a, um, I believe one of the creators is from Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of like a um, a soap opera creator who's going for the dramatic and big, and someone with integrity that knows what they're doing. And you put both of those people in a room and tell them to make a television show, right? Yeah, and it's then, a little dissonant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, very yeah. much. Yeah. So there's things that I really enjoy about it, but by the time you get to the midway point, it's way over the top. Way over the top. You seen Dexter before? Yeah, I fucking hated Dexter. Oh, all right. Well, well, yeah. I, I enjoyed the first three well, seasons I, okay. of Dexter. I liked, I liked the first season of Dexter. Yeah, okay. I hated everything after. I like, I like the first three. Yeah. After John Lithgow from the season three, I was done too. Mm-hmm. But what I did enjoy is that Dexter, even though he's a serial killer, you don't see him killing like fifteen people per right. episode or per per season. <laughs> like he's gonna kill someone, he's stalking someone for a full season, and that's right. the murder. This show. Like human life is just whatever. Just <laughs> yeah, it gets a little out of hand after a while. That's really that's really interesting because I thought that was what the show was going for. Yeah, but like I haven't seen the entirety of nope. the show. Mm-mm. But just based on the tonality of the first episode, yeah, I am under the assumption that the show is taking the piss out of what would traditionally be that narrative, mm-hmm. where like a show Dexter took itself seriously, Very so much. it tried to really go for that. Yeah, you know, this is a serious thing yep. that's happening. Yep. But you is just kind of going like, well. 
if I've seen enough romantic comedies, you know, that guys like me always get into jams like this, mm-hmm. one of the lines. But just like, yeah. ah, it's a weird. It's all right, you're taking, the, you're taking the piss out yeah. of the genre. That's true. Um, so maybe that, maybe that, like, escalation of, like, human life. Yeah. Was a result of someone taking the piss a little too much. A little much, yeah. Like, yeah. and my, my girlfriend, she says it just can't be. Like, just go with it. It's fun. I'm like, right. all right, it's it's fun. But um, one of the things, the thing that I love the most from this, mm-hmm. and it fucked me up because like I'm writing again. I haven't wrote, written in like six months now, but Fuck I've been yeah. writing again over the past couple of weeks. And the last time that I was writing, it was around when this television show called Sense Eight was on Netflix. Yeah, I remember Sense Eight. And um, the thing that I was writing was um about p- connections and everything. Then I'm like, what the fuck, Sense Eight? You stole my idea. And then I just kind of let it fall to the wayside. And right. um, I was writing again about uh, empathy because you know when television shows and movies, I always like the villains or the bad characters because these characters are always in their mind they're not bad at all. Right. You they're, know, they're correct in their mind. Yeah. In their mind, they are. Yeah. And uh, that's something that we see a little bit with you and um with um the Joe and then we get to see the small version of Joe the kid. Right. Not to give too much away, you know, but um within this it um it just lets you have a little empathy for someone who is a terrible person. You know from uh, the the guy that uh, the Beck is with, you might have a little empathy for him with the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. You might have empathy for Beck and the things that she does, empathy for Joe and how far down he goes. So it's like an idea just having you feel for empathy for someone as sympathy at the very least for someone that you otherwise would just deem as a unre- unredeemable character right. or person, you know, is just feel, feel something for them. And I think that's also part of the narrative because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, enough in, in Twitter, the guy that those his campaign people were like glorifying the actor saying that he was so hot and mm-hmm. he was using his name to whatever. Yeah. And the guy just like, you're not you're supposed not to like this guy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you're not getting the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. You're supposed to be afraid of this guy. Yeah. And, like, I think that watching the show now, like, watching the first episode and then seeing, like, how people glorify that, I yep. think the idea is that he's manipulating the audience he to is. like him Very as much. well. Mm-hmm. And sort of fall into the same chain of, toxi- of toxic that abuse. That the characters are around him. That the characters from not around him are falling yeah. to. So if I look at it through that lens, I just kind of go, like, this is a really interesting yes. show. Interesting, yes. Um, I don't, like, and I'm, and I'm interested in watching more of it. Yeah. Because I think that the premise for that is really fun me too however i like i was kind of annoyed at first with the idea of like the unreliable narrator the psychopath or mm-hmm. the sociopath that's mm-hmm. always narrating to the audience because yeah. we've seen it and we've seen it in the fight club we've yep. seen it in uh, dexter we've seen it in sherlock holmes yep. everybody that classifies as a sociopath or a psychopath tends to have this narration thing yep. and i would have loved to see this I, I would love to see a show that handles someone that is that psychopathic without giving us that hand-fisted narration from the character. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see what that looks like and sort of focus more on like the body language and the presentation of, mm-hmm. the, of the character that's classified as a sociopath or yeah. psychopath. I think that would be interesting. Other than that, I didn't really have any gripes with the first couple of episodes or the first episode, yeah. and I'm interested in seeing more. Yeah. I think the only way you were saying that the only examples I could think of was Psycho with uh, Christian Bill. Yeah. You but know? even then, we got narration from him. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know where it was. Yeah. It, we so didn't get like. Not, not the heavy handed, over the top, yeah. you know, but it was still there. And yeah. we, we got a lot of like thought over, like, when <laughs> my favorite scene in that movie is the fucking business card scene. Oh, in the Psycho? Uh, American Psycho. American Psycho, yeah. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. But we also didn't get that in. Bateman's story, the actual psycho. Oh, that, okay, we yeah. We did yeah. not get a narration no. from Bateman. Not at all. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Good Fuck show. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I'm really liking that show. Yeah. And I like, I want to catch up with it because I think, I think it's good. I think it's, it's got a really good potential. It's interesting if at the very, very least. Yeah, that's know. true. Oh, that's yeah. true. Um, the fucking, you know what's coming out this week? What's coming? My boy Broly. 
What? Oh, no, man, do you yeah. have tickets? Because if you don't got tickets, you done fucked up. Oh, I did not get tickets. I went and I bought, Brian, I yeah. bought tickets on Fandango last month. Last month. For, for, the, for the showing that's going to be Friday at 7 p.m. this coming Friday. Yeah. When I bought those tickets last month. Yeah. They were already the prime seats were already gone. Oh. Like who the fuck is buying? T- when I was buying the tickets, yeah. I'm like, I'm asking my girlfriend, like, how are these seats already taken? Who buys tickets a month before a movie? She was like, you ass clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you mean like exactly what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, but like, but, but people are doing it. They're like, the, it's selling out very mm. quickly. Like, not saying you can't get a seat, but like the, the it's not good be seats. A deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I wonder how long the run's gonna be. I don't know. They, I got to no. check that out today because yeah. I just forgot about it. And mm. then I remember today, it's like my boy Broly about to wash mm-hmm. Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> wash that ass. <laughs> Fucking throwing them against walls and shit, screaming in their face. Yep. Ah. Yeah. Beefy boys fighting each other. It's about you to got be epic. fucking Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta. Yes, my dick is ready. That's what I'm ready for. That yeah. Gogeta. Ah, so good. It's like he gonna watch Goku. He gonna watch what Vegeta. You, you know, but hey, we well, got he something ain't else. Watching Gogeta. <laughs> he ain't. He ain't. <laughs> he can't watch that. That's forever stained. He cannot watch that. Ah, oh, that's just gonna be so good. Yes, I'm excited as fuck. Hopefully, I get to watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm ready as fuck for that. Mm-hmm. Those are literally the only two things like this week that matter to me. It's like. Starting work yeah. and watching fucking Broly. Man, I'm so excited about the Broly. I went to the barbershop, and I think I might have told you about that. He um he he had a copy of the movie on his phone. It was yeah. just shit quality. I was like, nope, you know what? No. No, dude. Like, no, I'll just go ahead and wait, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-uh. Fucking spoilers for that movie came out. Because the movie obviously Is released it? in Japan. Yeah. And, like, spoilers came out, like, three months ago. And yeah. I just, like, managed to avoid Same. all of them. Yep. The only thing that I know is I just, like, a Super Saiyan Gogeta. And it's it. like, announced. Yeah. Um, I'm so, ah, oh, so fucking excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited with it, So too. fucking excited. Yeah, anyway, yeah. What have you been up to? Um, besides watching the show, you, um, I was, I seen that uh, Coming to America, the movie with uh, Eddie Murphy and, um, I haven't and, seen that in ages. That I love, that's one of my favorites. But, yeah, Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy, they're making a remake of the movie. Like, who asks for that? Right. I don't think anybody does. Nobody asks for that. And it's like Eddie Murphy hasn't been doing anything in quite a while. And then you want to go remake your like your biggest movie that you were the most notable movie of your early career. Right. You know, well, shit, this man has a retar- crazy career. Because damn. Because um, he was a stand-up comedian at first. Oh, yeah. Huge yeah. stand-up comedian. But I was like, but his early career is like he busted out of the gate with them Beverly Hills Cop in 48 hours. Like people That's probably right. remember him from that. That's you know, right. and then coming to America, and then you got the later stuff with the Norbert and the like what, the or Pluto Daddy, movie? yeah, uh, Pluto Nash. Yeah, uh, Pluto, Daddy I, I unironically love Pluto Nash. That shit was funny. I think Pluto Nash. No, I'm sorry. I think Pluto Nash is Chris Rock. No, no, no. It, it's, it's Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's Eddie Murphy. Okay. I remember. I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. Oh really? Um, I'm not gonna look after it. Yeah. So it's a fucking. Yeah, Pluto. coming to America. They're making a sequel now. Yeah. So I didn't ask for that. Sequel or remake? Sequel, not a remake. Yeah. So they're saying Why? that um that he has a son that's in New York. He went back to Africa, but now he has a son that's gonna be um the next king or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he has to go see about his son in New York. Fish out of water type story or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm I'm good though. Yeah, I'm it's good. not gonna be great. It's not gonna be great. It's a remake. Is Eddie Murphy gonna be in it? Eddie Murphy will be in it. He's the um the new that. yeah he's the king of Zamunda now. His uh, father James Earl Jones is mm-hmm. you know I, I'm, they said he's coming back so he's not dead. Right. But uh, now Eddie Murphy is now the king, not the prince anymore. And his son, the new prince, doesn't know that he has any royal heritage whatsoever. Oh, it's gonna be that kind of story. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That kind of story. All right. But well. that, and um the only other thing that I did actually see something that. Touched me really, really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. called um, Search for Sugar Man. It's a, a documentary about a guy named uh, Rodriguez. I can't remember his first name, but um, he just went by Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He was a, a singer in the 1970s, 
And from everyone that was around him, like the top producers and um, pr production companies, like everyone was saying that he is the next thing. He's better than Bob Dylan. He's better than Bruce Springsteen. He's better than all of it. Right. And when you listen to his voice, you're like, whoa, this guy has it. And like as a writer, like you see the poetry and what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I ain't never heard no damn Rodriguez. Like, who the fuck is this? Right. Y'all talking about him. Yeah. Like he's better than Michael Jackson. Like, who the hell? So they go through this story, and you know, and then there's talking about, well, yeah, he had this amazing music and it never sold. He put out two albums and he just thought he was a flop. You know, so then there was a story that, that he killed himself on stage after he got booed off. But then years later, during apartheid in the um, in Africa in yeah. the 90s, they heard the music and they oh. didn't know they had no they had no information on him. They just kept buying and buying and buying. Right. He sold millions of copies of his record in South Africa, never received a dime, never That's received any notori like any um, notoriety, anything right. until years and years later into the, the early 2000s when um, when a person was looking to find out who this person was because they're like, yo, you're bigger than Elvis in South Africa. We got to find him. If he's dead, let's just find his family, anything. Right. They find him. He's still alive. Like <laughs> that he, must have been fucking wild. Bro. He's still alive. And he was just like, like, what does that mean to you that it's just like that? You didn't know this whole time that you were bigger than Elvis, bigger than Michael Jackson in South Africa. There's millions on millions of people. The right. past 30 years of your life, like, have just been in this. Like, what do you think that your life could have been so much better? You know, and then he's, he thinks about it. He was like... I don't know if my life would have been better. Right. You know, it would have been different. But um, but what, why it touched me so much is just um, I think about myself or just in life in general, things that you put your passion into that you believe that you're right. right. Like how we're podcasters. We think we make a pretty good podcast. Yeah. And we continue to do it because of that belief. You know, but it's just like, say, we continue to doing that and then it's just like no recognition, even though that's not even why we're doing it. You right. know, but just no recognition. Then it goes away. And then he finally got that thing. You know, it was like that somewhat... It's just that um, that validation in your mind is like who you think you are. Other people see that in your, you as well. Right. It's like that I'm not full of shit. I'm not in this. That's what he had to deal with, that he felt like he was the guy. Damn. And then he was not the guy. <laughs> and 30 years, he just had, to, he humbled himself. He lived in like very meager livings. It was just, well, I thought that I was great. I thought I was a shit, but apparently I am not. And just right. had to live with that. And I don't know, it's just that. I, and then I, he turned out to be the guy in South Africa. He turned out to be the guy. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it makes me feel good just seeing people's get get what they want out of life. I That's guess. awesome. You know, but very I, good documentary. I've heard about that story before. I haven't yeah. watched the documentary, but I heard about that story. Fucking it, wild that that shit yeah. happens. I mean, I, I cried a very good cry from that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man, yeah, that's just real. Talking about, uh, before we cut to the actual movie, yeah. talking about podcasts, I mm -hmm. ran the numbers for last year, oh, yeah, the podcast for 2018, mm -hmm. total of 8,129.49 listens. Nice. Uh, which, like, and I've just been doing numbers for every episode. Yeah. We get a consistent amount of listeners every episode. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys for all the support and listens. Yes, we love um, it. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do. And it's, it's hard to see, like, when you don't run the numbers, it's, like, hard to see that continued support. Yeah. Especially because the... We're not super active on Twitter, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to see that interaction, but 8,000 listens is not an insignificant amount of listens no, it's for not. a year. I mean, yeah. like I said, I, I try not to think about it at all. It's just like right. such a long marathon game. It really is. You know? It really fucking is. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for the continued support. We really appreciate the shit out of it. Yeah. And we're making the show for us as much as for you. Yeah. Um, so thank you. And on that note, we're going to cut. I'm going to eat the salcapurria that I have. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, jungle fever. Hey, hey. Hell yeah. And welcome back. Jungle fever. <laughs> jungle fever. He's got jungle fever. She's got jungle fever. They're in love. Yeah. You know, you know that? <laughs> 
no. I, I, I wouldn't recognize it, but mm. I, I, I enjoyed the performance that you just gave me. I've waited. <laughs> I've waited two years to put this movie on my list. Really? To watch. Why two years? Because I feel like it was so away from like your culture and things that you're accustomed to mm-hmm. that it would be hard to, I don't know, I don't want to say appreciate it or just recognize the, in it. But um, after after you've seen um, Do the Right Thing, yeah. the Spike Lee movie, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter if he's outside of this culture or in it, like, you'll you get it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just watching a movie. Watch exactly, yeah. But, um, but I mean, I guess I'm, I'm projecting my own biases because that's what people do. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
Mm-hmm. You know, she's a white person, but in a well, nice neighborhood, but she's not well off herself. You know, they go through stereotypes back and forth. Yeah, do um, do black guys like this? Black guys do that? Oh, no. and, and I thought about it even more because mm-hmm. I got that statement from Jonathan Tate. Yeah. Black people do this? There's always there's always like a kernel of truth and that gets blown out of proportion. That's that's like why stereotypes exist. Um, I think that th- this movie has a really fascinating thing of dealing with stereotypes and how it portrays them. Um, because a lot of the, a lot of the time the stereotypes are never delivered by people doing it. They're always like something screaming about the stereotype, um, which for me shows that how he thinks that stereotypes are bullshit. Um, because there's never a character doing any of the stereotypes. He never embraces. Like, like, sort of like Medea, like how stereotypical that character is. Um, so, like, a loud, fucking sassy black lady. Um, that's someone embracing stereotypes for performance. I think Spike Lee is embracing stereotypes to this group. And it's a huge difference because none of his characters are performatively stereotypical. It's always someone else in the story thinking that they're stereotypical and making a fool out of the person who thinks that they're stereotypical. I like the way that that's handled. I think that's really good. I like the, the racial tension in the movie. Uh, so, Spike Lee, let me just start by saying, I think Spike Lee is the, the master of creating social chaos. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, he does a fantastic job at putting you in a situation that stresses you out for an hour and 30 minutes of the movie and then releases that tension in the last 30 or so minutes. They didn't do the right thing. Did it in this movie as well. Like the first like two hours of the movie are just like that racial tension building up, and we see it right from the very beginning with Wesley Snipes and those two uh, the two white guys that own the architectural firm, and we see that happening there. And then Spike Lee, I mean Wesley Snipes, become more and more agitated with sort of his place as a black man and like what we would call a white center world, at least in that company. And after he quits. The movie starts really becoming racially centered, which I think is a, is a really great transition because it shows us what uh, what this character is thinking, what this character is feeling about his racial identity, and then puts us through a small version of that, and then kicks us in with the larger racial complexity. I think that was fucking amazingly well done. I like, I like that because you get to they doesn't really lean on. And it's his personal secretary. His personal secretary. Yeah. And the two, uh, the two bosses were saying, well, you know, we don't, we don't see color. What, what, what do you mean? You know, right. We're hiring the best human being for the job. And it's funny that it's both sides. But it's a very large overtone of race right. in that. You know, the white guys are black person. Or the because they're black or because they're white or you want to hire the best person. It's just a coincidence that there's only one black person there. Right, yeah. It's just a coincidence. 
And then they do that line where it tells him, like, so you tell her that you didn't want her for the job because she's white. It's like reverse discrimination. She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like, I like 
saying something. Thing. One person. That's That's going to fuck down. Stop thinking about 
is Please. 
I just hop into where you got it.
Right. Mm-hmm. 
is common knowledge, but very like we 
that is significantly